Hello and welcome back to the Final Whistle podcast. This week we've got a very different episode for you. This week we are giving you a best of our Final Whistle interviews. This episode contains our chats with Grimsby goalkeeper James McEwen, Sky Sports presenter Tom White, as well as former centre-backs Danny Collins and Matt Mills. Uh, So remember to drop a like on the video if you enjoy it and subscribe for more content because we will be releasing part two soon. So make sure you put the alarm bell on so you are... um, notified when the new video comes out i uh, hope you enjoy hello and welcome back to the final whistle podcast this week we've got a very different episode for you this week we are giving you a best of our final whistle interviews this episode contains our chats with grims so, so when did you um realize that you were going to become a um footballer uh, i'm not sure i realized yet to be honest he uh... I don't know, I got like I was playing outfield, I was a, a striker, I was at Coventry um, when I was about 11 and I asked if I could play in goal but they said they said I could but I'd have to almost have a trial again and I was rubbish so they let me go. Um, then a couple of years just playing local football and then got picked up by Warsaw at 14, 15 so probably quite late really in terms of moving into goalkeeping and then even then, I wouldn't say it's probably until I remember when I got my got told I was going to get my YT. I think that was probably the time that I thought I've got half a chance here. But I, I say it's strange now I'm older. When I look back and I think, Jesus, that wasn't even the the hard bit at the time. It feels like that's the hardest bit getting that first contract in professional football. But then I tell I try and tell the young lads here, it's, it's probably your first year as a pro footballer that's the hardest because, especially at our level. I think people like, you know, you're expected to be able to be ready for the first team. We haven't got like an under-23 squad uh, where you can carry loads of players and you can give them a three, four-year contract to let them develop physically and all that sort of thing. So um, I think I think the first few years in the game are actually the hardest. And then once you can build up a bit of a reputation and get games behind you, it becomes a bit easier. So I wouldn't say it's probably until I was about 21, 22 that I thought, you know, I've got half a chance maybe of making a, a job out of this and I'm literally trying to cling on to that now I'm 30. So um, Dean Henderson arrived at um, Grimsby for a bit. Did he, um, how was it working with him? Because he could potentially be England's new number one choice goalie now. Yeah, it's top of my CV that I kept him out of the team and I'm sticking to it. He's staying on top of my CV that. Um, Listen, I, he came, I've never come across anyone with so much self-belief and confidence. Um, but the one thing I would say, and I think everyone would say the same thing about him, he backs it up. You know, he, he definitely, I wish I wish I had half of his confidence um, because it's unbelievable. And, and maybe, maybe that's what's going to take him there because, you know, I think he's probably, realistically, he's going to play for England at some point, definitely. Um, and he's he's done really well. I think he's made good career choices. He's gone to good clubs at the right times. And it was strange because, like, I was obviously had been here a while. I was number one. He came in. He didn't play for four or five months. Uh, changed managers, and he still didn't play. And I think his loan had six days left. And then the manager played him, and he he done really well. Uh, and you know, I'd known for four or five months that how good he was, and it was probably the most pressure I'd been under in my career. Um, and uh, you know it's strange and uh, you know whether he'd say it or not because he's like I say he's the most confident lad going 
I think we probably learned a lot from each other. Um, like even me as an older goalie and him as a younger goalie, the one thing I think I've always had and the one thing I always try and go back to is, you know, I'm not, I'm not the best goalie in the world. I'm, I'm, you know, many flaws, but I always think the one thing I can control is working hard. I think I can always try and work harder than everybody mm. else. And he had the, sim the same work ethic. You know, I, I think I work quite hard on the training ground, uh, try and work hard off the pitch. And he was exactly the same. Um, and I, I, I think that's, you know, if you've coupled with the natural ability he's got, that's probably what's going to take him, take him all the way. So he's, he's earned it. He's earned it by, like I say, working hard. And I think that as a goalkeeper, because when it does go wrong, and it will go wrong, you have to be able to get back on the training ground and work hard. It just doesn't come naturally. So he's, he's, earned, he's earned what he's hopefully going to get. Of course, you said that you've been at Sky for quite a long time. Who's the biggest name, in your opinion, that you've worked with or interviewed? Well, the, 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 the biggest name that I've interviewed um, was actually while I was trying to get to Sky, when I was putting a showreel together, you know, like, like you two may go out and interview uh, players and such like and put it on a showreel to, to try to get a full-time job at somewhere like Sky or, or, or anywhere else. I did that. And I had um, Sir Bobby Robson, who um, I know he'll have been before your time, but he was uh, the manager of England 1990, Italian 90, when England got the semi-finals and got knocked out uh, on, on penalties to, to West Germany. And that was the first World Cup that I got into football. I was six, just about turned seven. That's what made me fall in love with football. So, so Bobby Robson was the manager. Uh, Paul Gascoigne and Gary Lineker, the just key players, along with David Platt as well. So, so Bobby Robson was an absolute hero to me, and he uh, allowed me to do an interview with him. And still, to this day, it's very hard to top that because yeah. he, the stories he can tell, he's he's managed England, obviously. Um, he came fairly close to winning the Premier League with Newcastle. He had a distinguished playing career, had incredible success before my time uh, as manager of Ipswich. Absolutely amazing. He's also managed Barcelona. He's managed um, uh, PS, uh, PSV. So he's, he's managed abroad. He's managed England. He's, he's managed uh, brilliantly in England as well, all the way through his career, as well as a very good playing career. And it was he was the mo he was the best interview I could ever give because he did not shirk any question whatsoever. I think he thought, well, it's just this lad's show reel, you know, it's not gonna go up. Which it wasn't, it wasn't gonna go anywhere. Um and he and he was so honest and he let me do that interview for as long as I wanted, even though it was an incredibly busy man. Um and he knew that I was a Sunderland fan as well, and he was Newcastle through and through. It was brilliant. So he, nothing has ever topped that.
of the um when you were at Forest, I think it was you were there one of the seasons when we just stayed up under Warburton. What was that like, the whole season's experience? It was a difficult year. That was my second year. And um, I thought the first year went really well. Um, obviously, I was like top goal scorer at Christmas. And um, we had a decent squad. We had a few injuries and lost a couple of players. But we had a, we had a good core. Uh, we had a decent manager, uh, Dougie Freeman. And then when he left and, and obviously Philippe came in, um, Philippe Montagnier, it was just a really bad pre-season. And I, I think the team the team just really struggled under him. Um, he was a bit clueless, to be honest. And, and we put ourselves in a, in, a, in a bad position. And then obviously Mark had to come in and we, we stayed up kind of on the last day. So um, not really where you, you want to be seeing Forrest and, not, and certainly not where I wanted to be spending um, my season at the bottom of the league. Now you've now in FIFA 20. I don't know whether you're aware. You have two star skill moves as your rating, but there is a video uh, I found on YouTube a few days ago from your time at Bolton. Um, it showed you produce a very cheeky back heel pass. So do you do think that you deserve some more skill move stars, or will you take two? Um. Depending on what my defensive capabilities are, I don't think two is too bad, is it, for a centre-back? Um, no. I did used, to, did used to do a bit in, in, in training. and uh, Yeah, a few flicks and tricks come out in games, but I think the priority was always... And I know the, uh, the clip you're alluding to, because Mara's tried to close me down and I chopped it inside, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I've seen it myself. But um, few and far between, I think, the tricks. Keep, keep them to the, to the flat play. Yeah, so it sounds like obviously you had quite a, a, a sort of interesting start to your career moving from like midfield down to a defensive role. And then obviously yeah. out of all the managers you've had since obviously you've been played, you played under quite a lot of managers and you've been like experienced. Yeah. Who would you say sort of, did you have anyone that was sort of like a role model to you or did you sort of look up to anyone who sort of influenced you quite a lot when you were playing? Yeah, I mean, I've probably had 20 plus managers in my time and you get um, all different characters. Um, some, you know, some you get on with, some you don't really take to. Um, I'd say Mick McCarthy, obviously signed me at Sunderland just after I left Chester in two, uh, October 2004. I came up to Sunderland and I like Mick. I like everything about him. I think he's honest. Um, his man management skills are good. Um, he can have a tear up in the changing rooms when he needs to, uh, to get into the lads. Um so he, he sort of ticks a lot of the boxes, really. And he, he obviously gave me a chance to go from Chester, who at the time were obviously playing in League Two. Yeah. When I joined Sunderland, fourth, fourth in the Championship when I came up to Sunderland. So uh, he took a few uh, lads similar to myself, Liam Lawrence, who was at Mansfield, Dean Whitehead at Oxford, and give us, yeah. give us our chances to, to come up and play at the higher level and for a, for a club the size of Sunderland. So uh, yeah, you know, I always respect Mick for that and thank him for, for giving me a chance to, to come and play at a higher stage. And... Obviously, I had Roy as well, Roy Keane. Um, the season we mm. won the championship for Scotland as well. Um, again, a, a fiery character, as everyone knows. Yeah. But, uh, so, someone, someone I got on well with off the pitch as well. Um, so I've had a lot of good characters. Gary Speed with Wales. He took over Wales mm. from John, uh, just after John Toshak and and took Wales forward. I think um, you know we were struggling at the time, sort of hundred plus in the world, and then. 
Gary came in, took over, and just changed everything really. The standards in training went up. Um, the, the standards just around the camp really, everything was done proper, um, professional about it, and uh, and it just went on from there. Unfortunately, you know we, we know what happened with Gary, and then Chris Coleman's took Wales on from there really, and you know they've yeah he's done a great job as a, as a country. Uh, now your your longest spell at a club has, was at Sunderland. What made you stay at the club yeah. for five years? Um, I was enjoying it up there, you know, I say come up five years, they were in championship, I had two, two promotions, won the championship twice to get back up to the Premier League, um, just enjoyed the football and got used to, to know what it's about to play football up here, you know, it was a big expectation in the North East, they, they live and breathe for the football, um, Monday to Friday you go out around the, you know, the city centres of Newcastle, Sunderland, they've all got the shirts on, they just love football and you grow accustomed to, to seeing what it's yeah. like for these people and what football football means to, to them as a city. I don't know if you've seen the, the Netflix documentary, Sunderland yeah. Till I Die, and you get a good taste of what it's like and what it means to the people of Sunderland. And uh, I just loved, loved my time up here. I was obviously just going into my sixth season, um, but then I, I left to, to join Stoke in 2009. Um, my wife's from, from the North East. Uh, I met her not long after I came up here, so obviously I'm, I'm back living up in the North East now. Uh, and I, I enjoy it and I love, I love the place.